Are you ready, Ma? I'm ready, Erin. Welcome, everyone, to the first annual September Paul Newman Appreciation Month presented by Gone with the Bushes. Hallelujah. Oh, man. If you don't appreciate Paul Newman, you ain't alive. Guys, 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 guys. You know what? You know how sometimes you had a friend and they just bug you about something and then they finally wear you down and you you take their advice and do what they say and you're like, God damn it, this is so right. This was exactly what I needed. We are your friend who is bugging you. And let me just say in advance, you're welcome. You will thank us, especially because this week's movie is, if you have HBO, you got it. You got it. It's streaming now on HBO. And it is so good. It's great fun. So much fun. This movie is 1969's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And the Sundance Kid ain't bad looking either. I gotta say, I gotta say, rewatching this, I'm like, ooh, there is a bit of a competition going <laughs> on in my heart between one Paul Newman and one Bobby Redford. Yeah, I gotta say, when I first saw it in 1969, I was totally Team Redford. Mm-hmm. Seeing it in 2018, I'm Team Newman, but I, you know, not like I'm, I'm throwing any shade at, at Bobby. I'm not mad at Robert Redford in this movie at all. No. I am mad at Catherine Ross because she... Got to snuggle with both of them. No, I'm not even mad at Catherine Ross. I'm, I'm like, you know what, Catherine Ross? You live your best life. Well, Enjoy it. Enjoy what if she it. ever made a movie after this? Yeah, she did. Oh, well, nothing could compare. Nothing compare. Oh, my gosh. Well, we'll get to it. I mean, okay. <laughs> there's a 20th lot. 20th century movie. joint. Yeah. Give us the particulars. Oh, man. All right. Well, I did things a little differently this week, which we'll get into later. So I'm oh. um, the child of routine getting tossed off a routine. Let's say. Throwing a curveball on the Asperger's girl. I know. Are these things on? All right. It was directed by George Roy Hill. He also directed Slapshot, The Sting, a whole bunch of other movies, and Funny Farm. Okay. Which I thought was funny. I was like, the Chevy Chase movie? It was written by William Goldman, who this guy, literally this guy wrote the book on screenwriting. Aha. This guy is a fantastic writer. There isn't anyone alive who is in the script writing or writing business who isn't what did, let me read some nuggets from William Goldman. This guy knows how to write. You may know his other work, All the President's Men. Hello. He also wrote Marathon Man. Oh, ouch. My teeth still hurt. Twins. Hmm. Misery. (gasps) 
That was a good one. He wrote a whole bunch of books, a whole bunch of novels, I guess they will say. One novel that he also adapted the screenplay into is a little film you may know, and if you're smart, you may love, called The Princess Bride. <gasps> Dare I say more, people? <sighs> this movie has bona fides. It was directed yeah. by George Roy Hill. The screenplay is by William Goldman. Do we even need to say who it is starring? We don't, but I will, because this is the particulars. Exactly. Paul Newman. Uh-huh. As Butch Cassidy. Robert Redford. Hello. As the Sundance Kid. Catherine Ross. As Etta Place. And then the rest. Yeah. There are other people in it. I guess. I guess. We're not done with the particulars, people, because... This movie is also the director of photography is a man, a legend by the name of Conrad Hall. This guy, he shot in cold blood. Cool mm-hmm. hand Luke. <gasps> American Beauty. Ooh, like that one. And one of my personal favorites and a movie Uh-oh. that I'm sure that we will do at some point just because Searching for Bobby Fisher. Oh, okay. This man, we'll get into it in the trivia, but let me just say, the bona fides keep on coming. The music. Yes. Done by one, Burt Bacharach. Yes. Very gifted music writer. The king of easy listening. Not so much a good singer. But hey, you don't. When you write songs that good, you can just give them. Hey, Dion, can you take this one for me? <laughs> no problem, Bert. The look of love, Arthur's theme, a song that holds a weird, special place in my heart because in elementary school, I had a music teacher who was obsessed with this song and insisted that we all learn to sing it. That's what friends are for. Oh, who was that music teacher? I forget, but I just know sitting there be in good times and bad times. I'll be on, you know, keeps going. Yeah. Goes up a little, a little high. Little Burt background. Yeah. But that's okay because it was a great song. Some of the best songwriters are not the best singers. That's right. It, that's how it happens. And it's, it's okay. You know? Okay. I, that's my particulars. I'm just okay. saying, this. I don't think you can get more A-list. Well, let's just reiterate Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Okay. So it starts out as an old-timey movie. With the, and it, and it, it has the gravelly look to it. Sepia. And, and the sepia tones. Yes, sepia. It's not black and white. It's brown and white-ish. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's like a little documentary on the hole-in-the-wall gang. And you have to read the, the not subtitles, but the, what are those called? The title cards. The title cards, because it's a, it's a non-talker. 
It's before talkies. And it's also called silent films, Ma. (laughs) Also known as the non talkers. The non talkers. (laughs) As opposed to me. So it said they're dead now, but they once ruled the West. And it's got that, um, ah, what is it? The slide piano? The. Yeah, it's like a. Man, I just had the name of it. Not honky tonk. Like rag. It's not ragtime. Ragtime. It is ragtime. It is ragtime? All right. Well, we're going to go with this close to ragtime. We're going to get in so much trouble. Western style. Oh, I hope Poppy doesn't hear this. Who? It's just Western style. I I said I hope that Poppy doesn't hear this. So, the hole in the wall get. I can pretty much assure you he won't. <laughs> the hole in the wall gang is robbing a train and the law is coming after them. And there are lots of horses and there's lots of shooting and only two of the gang get away. Okay. And then it says most of what follows is true. So in reality, real lifeness. There really was a Butch Cassidy, and there really was a Sundance Kid. Yep. And they really did do a lot of bank robberies and train robberies in the West. This is truth. Then there's a close-up of Paul Newman. <laughs> Even in the sepia tones with, without the blue. And he's, he's, he's a little older. Yeah. But he's not old. Age to perfection. Got a twinkle in his eye. Now, the last time that we saw him, it was in black and white. So it was. There was a bit of an audible gasp when I looked into his glacial blue eyes. Yeah. Like, <gasps> color. I know. Okay. So, but that it's not right now because there's a close up and we still have the sepia tones. Oh. And he is is scoping out a bank. And he walks in, and he sees a buzzer, and he sees an alarm. Guys, and also, this is, I cannot reiterate how this is filmmaking a game. This is professional. This is how legends do it. Show, don't tell. It's all shown. And it's with an understanding that we're going to piece this all together, and the audience is going to be able to pick it up. But we're going to make no it voiceovers. Cool. There's no voiceovers you explaining anything. Everything is in a tight close-up. Tight close-up <sighs> of everything. So you don't have That's a whole lay of the land. You're just looking at... There's no... Usually when films start, watch. There's an establishing shot. It's wide. You see, where are we? Hence, establishing shot. Skyline, New York City. All right, we're in New York City. We don't know where we are at first. And that's why we're on the edge of our seat. A bit of suspense in the mundane. Continue. That's, people, why we paid for an Ivy League adjacent education. I like it when I'm able to justify your investment. (laughs) Thank you, darling. I do, too. my, my, My pride is just a bursting out. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's Paul. So there's a closed sign. And um, so the bank is closed and it's obvious he's just scoping it out. And there's money in the vault being put in the vault. And Paul Newman says to, I believe, the security guard 
hey, what happened to the old bank? It was so beautiful. And the security guard goes, people kept robbing it. (laughs) Then we cut to Bobby Redford. Okay, he's playing poker. And somebody says, you're a hell of a card player. But I can't spot how you're cheating. No, no, wait, wait, wait. To set this up, again, also the same sort of, we're inferring all, there isn't an establishing shot to let us know where we are, what kind of establishment this is. No, it's all close-ups. And Robert Redford, as the Sundance Kid, he is not, um, he's not jovial. He's not joking. He's not Mm -hmm. angry. He is pretty much a blank slate and most of the time when people see blank slates they like to attribute some sort of mood to them but he's just he's just tranquil until he he's called a cheater well then it's he's implied that yes that he's a cheater because ever since he sat he was dealing he's been winning all the hands and and nobody knows his name he's just been playing this game and then so yeah and then when they call him a cheater man discreet acting in this because he doesn't like you just see he goes from being very calm to oh crap this guy is angry now and his anger is that kind of angry that you don't really see anymore but instead of like tossing over the table and be yelling and screaming it's just that quiet anger that's bubbling under and it's like oh man this guy no and again William Goldman's done it because you're on the edge of your seat. Yeah. It's in his eyes. He's he's in those blue eyes. He's he's not a happy camper. Don't call me a cheater. Mm-hmm. So the guy opposite him who called him a cheater stands up and you see a shot of his whatever number gun he has on his hip. His six shooter. His revolver. And then... Which is a um, bad sign because we all know that he's the Sundance kid and this guy doesn't, you're, you're just thinking like, you know, this is before the internet people. Nobody knew what Sundance kid looked like. Right. <laughs> Once they got to look at him, they'd never forget. <laughs> so the guy goes, hey, you go, but the money stays. And he says, I wasn't cheating. And Paul Newman comes in. And Paul Newman is like the voice of reason. Well, because this is a very tense situation. Very tense. So Paul Newman says, hey, hey, just just ask us to stick around. You don't have to mean it. Just placate the guy right here. Trust me. Just ask us to stick around. And, um, he's, and then Paul Newman says to him, I can't help you, Sundance. And the guy who stood up goes, whoa, whoa. I I, I didn't know you were the Sundance kid. He poops his pants a little bit. When I called you a cheater. (laughs) He thought this was just some, he thought he called some schmuck a cheater. He didn't realize he called somebody with a legendary nickname a cheater. Yeah. Well, Paul Newman says, just ask us to stick around. And um, then they go, hey, kid, how good are you? 
and he shoots the gun belt right off of the dude. Yeah, so he goes, just asks us to stick around. He relents. He's like, you know, basically says it. So then Butch goes to Sundance to kind of like cool him down. He's like, it's all right, son. It's cool, man. It's cool. Just take the money. Like, we're good. And then this guy who dodged so many bullets goes yeah. hey kid how fast are you or maybe he doesn't say it maybe somebody from the like the peanut gallery for lack maybe. of a better term um shouts it out and man sundance takes out his gun whips it out and goes shoots he shoots the gun out of a homeboy's hand that was gonna shoot him and then shoots it across the floor and you're like by golly he yeah. is amazing. And you didn't even see him him like move to do it all. Yeah, it's just period. You you just so this this guy is at he's he's in the conversation. I don't know another fast old west timey fast gun guy, but it would be like Michael Jordan versus LeBron James, Sundance versus whoever the other guy is. Right. This guy is bona fide. He's a legend. So they walk out with the money, and and Butch says to Sundance, "That was that was a bit overkill, don't you think?" Because there's a lot of just humor. Well, it's the odd couple. Yeah, Butch and Sundance are the odd couple. Butch is the he's very affable. He's very um, energetic. Everyone loves Butch. Yeah, he yeah, he just has that lovable face. And Sundance is more introverted and will kill a motherfucker. Yes. In a heartbeat. In a heart. And has. So, has no problem with it. Sleeps at night. Yes, he does. He sleeps well. Mm-hmm. Well, they leave with the money. Okay, so then there's a lot of horse riding. There's a lot of riding horses in this. A lot of galloping. And we're back at Hole in the Wall, which is a place. But it's also the name of his gang, if you recall. Yes, the Hole in the Wall gang. So, Butch is saying, I really don't want to go back to the Hole in the Wall. There's always, it's always an a problem there's always drama and butch and and sundance says well what's your idea and butch says bolivia and and sundance says how about mexico because they're like the the two old men in the balcony of the muppet show Mm -hmm. they're always arguing with each other they are well because butch is such a outgoing and like always um has all these he's the idea man and stuff he's the idea man and sundance is that he's the guy that's gonna have to do the work you know he's gonna have to do the killing he's gonna have to do the shooting well butch says well there are silver mines gold mines tin mines there's a whole lot of money to be had in bolivia uh boy i got a vision the rest of the world Oh, he says, uh, "Where's bifocals?" I got twenty twenty vision. The rest of the world wears bifocals. And then we meet the hole in the wall gang. Well, there's this huge dude, huge, who has taken over the hole in the wall gang while Butch has been gone. Mm-hmm. And the huge dude is saying, "Hey, Butch, we're not doing banks anymore." We're doing trains now. And and Butch is saying, but banks are so much better than trains. Trains move. 
You have to know where they are. Uh, banks are there. And the huge dude is Harvey Logan. And uh, Butch keeps telling him, you got to plan more. So somebody goes, Butch, you always told us that anybody could challenge you to be leader. Mm-hmm. So they have a little challenge and Butch wins. Yeah. Harvey and goes, it- guns or knives. Yeah. And... And he tells Sundance, hey, Sundance, when I kill Butch, you can still stay. Mm -hmm. And so Butch is going, well, we need rules. We need to have rules, you know. And while Harvey is complaining about it, he kicks Harvey in the groin, knocks him out. He's still the leader. Yeah, Butch kind of cheats in this whole fight. With, he always cheats. But he always cheats. And he gets away with it because the way that he cheats, he's an endearing cheater. He's so like, well, he kind of didn't cheat. Because he was like, hey, count it out. One, two, three. And he kicks him in the nuts. It's hard. Yeah. Doubles that tall dude over. Yeah. And then he goes over to the guy that's known as Flat Nose because he has a flat nose. And he says, well, he's been hit a lot of times in the nose. And he says, uh, well, what was the plan? And then he says, oh, he was going to rob the, the train up by wherever. And Butch goes, ah, he's like, he came up with that? Because that's a good plan. And they're like, what's the plan, Butch? He's like, we're going to go rob the thing. We're going to go rob the train. So they, they end up doing his plan. Next scene, we see Sundance on top of that of said train. That looks so scary. It did. And, and I think he actually did that stunt. Ooh. Butch didn't want him. I mean... Paul didn't want him to, but he did that stunt. And then he he comes off of the top of the train into the engine and pulls a gun on the conductor. And so they get the conductor to stop the train. Actually, the people who run the train, who, you know, the engineers, Mm -hmm. they are they're kind of in awe. Oh, cool. It's Butch and Sundance holding up our train. Well, yeah, That's pretty cool. These, yeah, these guys are, I mean, they're known in the page. Everybody knows about Butch and Sundance, these train robbers. And so they're kind of rock stars of the time. Outlaws. So the, the, the car that is holding the vault of money, there is a man named Woodcock who has been employed to not open that door. He's That's a nerdlinger. Job. He is such a nerd. And he says he's not going to open the door. I will not open this door. I have been employed by my employer. And I will not open this door, Nerdlinger. So Flat Nose sets dynamite by the by the door. And and, and Butch is really trying to help Woodcock. So Woodcock, Woodcock my open man. The, open the door. You're going to get blown up. Is it work? This guy, he's a millionaire. What is it to you if, if he gets blown up? It's not nothing. It's your life, man. Come on. He's a fat cat. He's such a good guy looking out for, you know, the normal people. Oh, my God. He is so endearing. Yeah. You'd do anything for him, wouldn't you? Anything. So he goes, okay, Woodcock. I tried to warn you. He blows the whole side of the, of the car off. Oh. And then they blow the safe. Next scene, there's a sheriff. Oh, but but Woodcock lives because he Woodcock go when they go live. into the safe and stuff. He Butch goes over to Woodcock and like slaps him. He's like, "Wake up!" He's like, "Woodcock, come on! You see how dumb this is? What's your problem?" 
but you're gonna survive. It's gonna be okay. And, and we he didn't does, kill you. yeah, and he t- he does like kind of like do, do a tip of the cap to him of like, man, I hope that you're getting paid enough because what because he Butch appreciates Woodcock's um, loyalty. And he actually says, you're not getting paid enough. Yeah. You know, you're, hey, you need more. Well, next scene, we have a sheriff. It's nighttime. He's talking to the townsfolk. And he's saying, we got to go after these guys. Ma, he's he's assembling up a posse. He's trying to assemble up a posse, but ain't nobody volunteering. Oh, yeah, ain't nobody looking to get killed. Nobody's going. And... As he is trying to motivate people to join him, the shot pans to an upstairs that is a brothel. Mm-hmm. And up there, right across the street from where the sheriff is trying to get people to go after Butch and Sundance, are Butch and Sundance in the brothel. Mm-hmm. Drinking. They are drinking. And then Butch says, hey, you know what? Why don't we enlist to fight the Spanish the Spani- in the Spanish-American yeah. War. And that way we're going to be good guys and uh, and and then we won't have these these posses coming after us because we'll be good guys. Yeah, because they're and, like, remember the main. At which point they divulged their true names to each other. They had never known each other's true names. Butch is really Robert Leroy Parker. And Sundance is really Harry Longbow. So the sheriff can't get anybody to volunteer. At which point a salesman gets up and goes, I have a I have some people assembled here. Let me introduce you to a new mode of transportation. This man is a great salesman. He just tops up on the stage. He's like, guys, guys, glad that you're all here. Let me show you the future. We call it a bicycle. It's a bicycle. We're going to get rid of your horses. This is a bicycle. And he starts selling them on the bicycle. At which point there's a girl kissing Butch, because who wouldn't? And Sundance says he's going to go looking for a woman. And he had a very specific type of woman. Smart. um, Smart. (laughs) Classy. I didn't write down. I didn't write down all the particulars because it was a long list. Yeah, it was getting, I was like, oh, good luck. <laughs> good luck finding that in the brothel. Yeah. So he leaves the brothel to be able to find this smart woman of substance that he's going looking for. And he says he's going to be gone a couple of days. Well, we shoot to a, change the shot to a woman at night. She's wearing a high-necked white blouse, and her sleeves come to her wrists. So it looks like she's a very prim and proper woman. Or her like hair very, is up. Very Laura Ingalls Wilder vibe. Exactly. The mama of Laura Ingalls mm-hmm. Wilder. Walking at night into her little uh, little one-bedroom shanty. It's not a... It's not a well, even yeah. though it was a house, it was like a pioneer house. Just it wood. was it, indeed. She lights a lamp, mm-hmm. and everybody knows what's going to happen. So she starts to undress, and she uh, turns around in her bedroom, and there sits Sundance with a gun in his hand, like he needs a gun. And then I'm like, wait a second, how problematic is this movie? Is this? Am I? Is like. 
Is everything about to get ruined? Is Robert Redford about to be ruined for me? Which is exactly what you were supposed is to this, be thinking. Is oh my gosh, is this just like me too? And now you're looking back at it, and I mean, mm-hmm. is this the Marx Brothers putting the the black uh, grease on their face mm-hmm. to get this out woman's of trouble? Get raped. I think like, she's gonna get raped. Robert Red is Robert Redford a rapist in this movie? What? Well, he has his gun pointed at her. Oh, and I'm like, I'm getting, got, <laughs> I got real nervous. Did you get? I did. Anjana? My bet. I got Ajita. My belly kind of started hurting. I was like, no, no. He, but look how good looking he is right now. No, stop. And he goes, keep going, teacher. So we know she's a teacher. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> and then he says, uh, as she continues to unbutton very slowly, and she has a look of extreme apprehension on her face. And he goes, don't mind me. Undo your hair. So she takes the pins out of it. Shake your head. Oh, I'm okay. just like this. And then, and then oh. she's in her underwear, which is. Not a bra and panties. It's like a, a onesie. And so he goes, uh, and then he cocks his gun and keeps, it says, keep going. Yeah, I'm like, oh. So now she has to undo her underwear. Oh. And he puts the gun down. And I'm like, wow, she can get the gun. She can get the gun and get away from him. At which point he comes in, he puts his hands inside her underwear to touch her flesh. <laughs> he does. <laughs> and she says, I wish just once you'd get here on time. Oh, William Goldman, you've done it again. And they have a, lo- lo- a lovely, lovely long kiss. <sighs> okay, next scene, it's the morning. They're in bed together. But Butch is outside their little cabin riding this bicycle outside the window. So she gets up and she puts a night night robe, like a robe on. And she goes out and she sits on the handlebars while somebody, B.J. Thomas, sings. Raindrops, Raindrops keep, keep falling, falling on, my, on head. my head. And it's an adorable scene where... They're riding the bike together. She's sitting on the handlebars because she's never seen a bike before. And he's riding all around. They ride through an orchard and she picks an apple and they share the apple. And then they go into a barn. Who would it be having this much fun with Paul Newman on a bicycle and you're sitting on the handlebars and there's this adorable song that's playing. You're just And they look like they're having uh, a great time. But how could you not be having a great time? Put yourself in that situation, which I did. Which I did. And I'm having a ball. Oh my god. And then she he drops her off in a barn. She goes up to the hayloft and then he's doing tricks on the on the bicycle. And then like, at this point though, I kind of got back into the movie and was like, "Wait a second. Is this appropriate? What is going on here? She was just with the Sundance kid and now she's having a fantastic frolic with Butch Cassidy. 
And they nuzzle each other's necks. Yeah. But they never mouth kiss. No, they don't. So you're like, does Sundance know what's going on? Because he's still in her bed. It's just, it's just, hmm. and, and then at one point he's riding with with the bicycle seat on his belly. As, I mean, he's doing all kinds of tricks. Oh. At which point he goes backwards on the bicycle and runs into a fence, which was um, sp- a split rail f- fence. So he collapses into what is a a bull's area. Mm-hmm. There's a bull in there. It's a it's a bullpen. It's a bullpen, literal, not baseball. And the bull chases them, and ah ha ha, ah ha ha. Everybody's laughing, and then she gets back on the handlebars to ride back home. At which point, Sundance comes out on the porch and goes, "What are you doing?" And Butch says, I'm stealing your, your woman. And Sundance says, take her. <laughs> and walks back Aww, inside. Come on. Ah, cool as the other side of a pillow that Sundance is. But, but nobody's feeling sorry for her. Yeah, and the way that he did the take it, everybody. And at that point, you realize, oh, that's what their relationship is. Mm-hmm. It is like this isn't scandalous. This isn't some weird three way thing. No, no weird three wayness. Yeah, this is what it is. And I'm like, William right. Goldman, you've done it again. Exactly. She has she has this great relationship with this best friend of Sundance, who appears to be her best friend too. Yeah. Okay. Next scene. There's a train. And wouldn't Butch like? Wouldn't but wouldn't you be Butch's best friend too? He's just oh my that God, guy. Yes. He's just he that guy. Very easy. Just very oh. easy to get along with. Although I, I'd have a hard time not visualizing myself. Okay. Hey. Okay. Dial it back, Ma. Okay. <laughs> Like, you didn't think of that, too. Yeah, but come on. Okay. I don't need to hear that from you. Next scene. There's a train. The train is stopped. Butch and Sundance are outside the train. And who's inside the train? Woodcock. (laughs) Woodcock. (laughs) Nerdlinger. And he's all bandaged up from, from getting beat <laughs> Got up. Got his arm in a sling. Uh, head's all bandaged. And he's like, mm, I am I am of the whatever, and we are not to stop. And Butch I recognizes the door. him. Nerdlinger. So Butch is going, hey, Woodcock, you okay? I'm, I'm, I've been better, but I'm, uh, I'm keeping on. Okay, Woodcock, but you don't want to get blown up again, do you? Well, that last time did hurt, but... <laughs> At which point, an old woman gets off the train, and she is just incensed. She cannot believe this is happening. <laughs> She's going to tell these youngins off. <laughs> oh, I can't I can't imagine anyone who would do such a thing. So, <laughs> the old woman is taken hostage by Butch and Sundance, and then you can hear the old woman saying... Oh, my God, they're going to kill me. Open the door. And Woodcock can't have a a, a civilian's life on his hands. I, my so he, little heart could not take such a thing. So he opens the door. 
No. <laughs> I've been hoodwinked. There's there's Sundance with his hand over the old woman's mouth. Best day she's ever had. Well, and like, was it a gun or a knife to her throat? Um, I, it, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Sundance had her in an embrace. <laughs> and it was Paul Newman, Butch, who was saying, oh, my God, they're going to kill me. Open the door. So they don't have to blow open the door. Because he's opened it. So he gets in. And there's a brand new safe. A huge. Woodcock. Why'd you. I thought we were bros, bro. So they decide they need lots of dynamite to blow this new safe. And they blow it. (laughs) Well, it's the famous scene. You've seen all the montages on Oscar time. They come back. Butch, Butch goes to Sundance. Well, I think Sundance says, did you put enough in there? And Butch is like, I, I think I think that'll do it. And then right on cue, the whole thing blows up and they get blown up. Like, the just entire train back. car. They get thrown. Thrown back. It's raining money. Yeah. That And, and Sundance says, think you used enough dynamite, Butch? <laughs> oh, it's fun. It's just great fun. At this point, though, another engine with just one train car attached comes up. And that one. It, ro- it rolls up on it very ominously. It's got the black tear. What is it? Pillaring, billowing black smoke coming out. It just looks like. It just looks like this is. This is. This is bad. Looks like Vol- Lord Voldemort is coming. Yeah. Yeah. And. They're going, what is just them? The train car opens and six horses come bounding out with lawmen on them. Oh, shit. It's the law. It's the law. They shoot two of the gang and then there are only four of the gang left. So they split in two and two so that hopefully the lawmen will break up too. But no, the lawmen are only going after Butch and Sundance. Well, there's a lot of horse riding. Yes. They're trying to get away. Mm -hmm. It's evening and they're still riding. At which point they end up back at the brothel. Yeah, they they go. They make their way back to the brothel because they this isn't the first time that somebody has tried to chase the butch, the hole in the wall gang. All right. This isn't their first chase rodeo. So they get away. They go back into town. They come up a upon an old balding man and i believe his name is sweet face which oh is that his name i love that name and i'm just putting it out there i would not mind that as a nickname sweet face sweet face it's such a great nickname it, it goes is. up to sweet face he's like hey sweet face he's like all right you know you know what to do like you got he's just pump butch is just pumping up sweet face so they're hiding out the brothel sweet face is out there on the street the horses come up lawman comes up they they get to to sweet face sweet face he just starts going into his routine he's just and this is all we don't see it we just see it from butch and sundance's point of view outside so we don't hear what he says but he's pantomiming and we know that he's basically saying that they ran out of town hours ago they just rode out of town so the posse they leave they ride out of town and and uh 
Sundance Butch is just he is so relieved because oh man Sundance was concerned yeah whoo that mustache was tight it was a good mustache so Butch has grabbed one of the girls and he's and she's undressing saying you know I don't care about money I don't care about jewels I just care about being in this bed with you at this moment <laughs> And Sundance runs in because the law has come back. Oh yeah, because they all they're like relax think they're relaxing. We escaped that one. Let's get down to business. And then you hear the galloping and Sundance busts in and Butch is like, What's going on? And they they come up to Sweetface and Sweetface puts his arm straight up in the air because they pull guns on him. And then Sweetface points up to the window where Butch and Sundance are. He gives him up. <laughs> Sweetface! He gives him up. So Butch and this is in their first rodeo. They go out the back window. Butch unties all of the lawmen's horses and tries to get them to go scatter, scatter. And they just stand there. They were, he was like, they don't scatter. Who trained you? At which point Sundance brings, uh, is on a horse, brings Butch a horse, and they are away again. Well, the next morning they are in these, you know, in these tall, huge rocks that are going up the hills that are becoming mountains. So, you know, you've seen them in every Western, all those rocks. Mm-hmm. And they're just watching. And they see the law in the distance. They have lanterns. They're going, who are these guys? These guys I'm, are not quitting. No, how are they? How did they not give up? Everybody else would have given up by now. And um, so Sundance is, of course, saying to Butch, are you sure this is going to work? So they're taking the, the horse up to the top of a hill on rocks. And the horse doesn't want to do it. And Sundance is saying, I sure wish we had some rifles. And then they're both going, who are these guys? They're still following them. Well, at this point, they break into a sheriff's office in some little town. Well, yeah, because they were because Butch, because Butch is the one that thinks. Sundance is like, you just keep thinking, Butch. So Butch, he's the idea man. So he asked Sundance, who is the toughest lawman? And he said, toughest moral-wise or, like, toughest, like, you know, brawn-wise? And I forget which one he says. I think, like, tough, like, lawman, lawman. And, or no, like, I don't know. But they end up going to this lawman who knows who they are. Yeah, and, and it seems like they used to be friends. Yeah. And they want him to help them enlist in the Spanish-American War. Right, because that's how they they he wants to broker a deal basically where instead of doing prison time, they go and serve their country. So and then exactly. it's like, oh, okay, all is forgiven. Because it's obvious these lawmen are not giving up. So so this is his plan, and he's mentioned it before. Surely, if we're fighting for the United States of America, they're gonna they're gonna go easy on us with a prison sentence. You know, I mean. I, if I'm in the military and Butch Cassidy comes to me, I would say, you know what, Butch, I think that there might be a special unit and I would basically make, oh my gosh, Butch Cassidy is Juan Cabrillo from 
the Oregon Files. <laughs> He's one. Oh my God. Okay. Well, the sheriff is saying you you can't just come in here and you have to tie me up and gag me and handcuff me because it's got to look like I was not a willing supporter of you guys. I am I am the law now, so you got to do that. So. Um, and Butch is going, don't you get it? If we become part of the army, it's over. We're okay. And the, and the sheriff goes, you're going to die. You're just going to decide where. Sundance doesn't like hearing that. Mm, mm, mm. Well, it's the morning. Both of them are on one horse. And well, they're they, watching they had, for the law up in the rock. Yeah, they had that scene where he was like, they remember there was the two horses and Sundance is they're riding and he goes are you sure this is gonna work and they say yeah and Sundance jumps off of his horse onto Butch's horse and his horse goes in the opposite direction that's one lucky horse <laughs> <laughs> okay so they're up in the rocks again they're scanning the terrain and and Sundance looks behind him and shoot 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 what does he shoot Aaron an iguana. And I thought it was a rattlesnake. <laughs> it probably was, but in my head I said it was an iguana. Okay. Back on horseback, they find a big pool of water. And Butch just submerges himself. It's hot. It's dry. I bet he smells a little, but I bet it's not bad. And um, then he goes over, because Sundance is going... They are getting on my nerves. And so they both look, here are the lawmen coming after him again. Who are these guys? Because every trick that they pull out of their sleeves, these guys aren't quitting. They're able to continue to track them no matter what. At which point Sundance tells a story of a full-blooded Indian who helps the, whose name, he's Lord Baltimore? Yes, Lord Baltimore. And he can track anything. And I think that full-blooded Indian is with those lawmen tracking us. Because, yeah, they're in all, they're like, would you be able to track this? And he's like, I don't know. Like, they've gotten, I mean, this? all their lives they've been able to get away, yeah. and they're not able to get away this they, time. Because they did the horse-splitting trick, they did. They went up into rocks because you know horses can't leave tracks. Horses in rocks. don't like walking on huge rocks, but they don't leave a track, a trail. There's nothing exactly. to follow. So now they're both back on that lucky horse, and they're they're riding the horse through a crick, cause nobody can track you through a crick, mm-hmm. also known as a creek. They are climbing up a mountain. And they're saying, don't those guys ever eat? Don't they take a break? They are tired. They're dusty. Um, At which point, one of them says, hey, I think Butch, who's the best lawman? And they're saying, Joe LaForest. He always wears a a white straw hat. And they look. And, and one of the dudes coming after him has on a white straw hat. Dun, dun, and he dun. is the lawman who is not going to give up. Now, we don't see these law Like, we only see them from far away. Yeah. It was shot using long lenses. 
okay, finally, they they turn the horse loose and they go, surely they will follow the horse and not us, you know, just walking. Mm-hmm. So they climb the rocks up to the top. They topple down the other side of this mountain of rocks they've been going. And they're going, it's, it's either we fight or we give up. We either outshoot them or we go to jail. And Sundance goes, I've been to jail. I'm not doing that again. I ain't going. And then they realize that the lawmen are going for position. They're going to have the perfect position. So they can't get off this rock ledge they're on because there will be a lawman there that gets them. Mm -hmm. And Butch goes, wait, no, new idea. We're going to jump because they're on a rock face that goes straight down into a river. And he's like, yeah, that, that water is deep enough. We'll survive. And Sundance is, I'm not gonna. Nope. This isn't happening. And Sundance is going, I want to fight him. And Butch goes, oh, I'll jump first. See, if the water is, is deep enough, we're not going to break our backs and our legs. Mm-hmm. And no, because you know what? I can't swim. What? And Butch goes, oh, that's, it's a fine time to tell me that, Sundance. Great time. And then they grab each other's hands and they just go over the edge saying, oh, shit. Yeah, because uh, Sundance is just like, how oh, they do have their position on us. And he's like, ah, they just run. They run off. Well, they're in the rapids of this little <laughs> river. And it's, it's their dubbing over because there's no way. That, but they're having an argument the whole time going down. The entire the time they're going through. And Sundance is, is grabbing on to grabbing on to butch the way i grab onto aaron in the ocean when the waves won't let me get out yeah just and, gra- just pawing at you he goes you're choking me he goes i can't swim i told you i couldn't swim so they're rolling down the rapids and they look up on the top of this rock cliff is the white straw hat dude watching them they get back to Catherine ross's cabin and she is just beside herself because she heard that they were dead. Mm-hmm. And and it's like Sundance is like, so what if I was? You know, it's not a big deal. And finally they hug. Man, he's a cold fish. Well, because he's because uh, what's his face? Ask who it is. And she says, well, it's in the the new that sounds familiar. It's in the newspaper. And so he goes in to read the story. And he's like, no, it's not a big deal. And she walks away. And he's like. No, it's a it's a big deal, and he like hugs her. So, Mister B T B F B something Harriman, the owner of the train, has hired this special team of special employees because he's tired of Butch and Sundance picking on his trains, mm-hmm. and he's told them go after him till you kill him. He brought in SEAL Team Six. He did indeed. The best of the best. And Butch is, and Sundance is going, is the same thing over and over again. They're coming after us till they kill us. Same thing, different day. Mm-hmm. They'll show up sooner or later. If they're going to come back here. They're going to, they're not going to take, like they're not going to be fooled by that. They didn't find, they didn't find a body. They're going to come after us. Right. 
So Butch says, well, we're going to go off to Bolivia. I speak a little Spanish. Etta speaks some Spanish. This is perfect. It's good cover for us to travel with a woman. And uh, they say to Etta, you want to go? And she goes, you know, the only the only adventure and fun I've had is when you guys show up. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. She says, I'm 26. I'm single. And I'm a teacher. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with you guys to Bolivia. <laughs> Got to tell you, my teacher friends. <laughs> Paul, if uh, Robert Redford showed up and said, hey, you want to go to Bolivia with us? Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Peace out, guys. However, Sundance says to her, he lays down some perimeters. Well, yeah. Sundance is, you know, it, the first time that you bitch or moan or do anything, then we're just, I'm going to leave you right where you are. Drop you flat. Yeah. She says, okay, I'll go. I'll do anything you need me to do, but I'm not going to watch you die. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, I guess you're going to leave early then, Etta. They get all gussied up. They are in three-piece suits with hats. She has gorgeous clothes on. Fancy oh, hats with did feathers. They, did they pay teachers a lot more or is that bank robbing money? That's bank robbing money. Ah. No, she had the white button up. Okay, they have a buggy, and they're heading out. Now, this this was um, surprising. Uh, no, a um, montage? I didn't understand. Ah. Because they're going from the West to New York City. Well, because they have to get on a steamer to See, go I to Bolivia. See, I didn't get that. They're yeah. in the West. Couldn't they go through Mexico together? Well, Mexico is a very large country. You would know you've been there drinking tequila and smoking cigars. <laughs> I have not. But I, you know, just look at a map. It's a very, you can do it, but it's, that's a lot of distance. Okay, so they went from the southwest to New York City. That wasn't a lot of distance? They went to the southwest to New York City, yes, because they had to get on a steamer to go down to Argentina. I'm just saying. You use your finger spread. Southwest to New York City, southwest to Bolivia. I believe it's it's the same thing, but I'm not arguing. Well, I will just say, I will argue this point. That getting from the west to New York, there were trails. Getting from the southwest to Bolivia... I don't think they had trails yet. I don't think that that was a road that, um, like, I don't think they had a, a road. That, people who did that were treacher, treacherous explorers. So this was the time of Pancho Villa? Well, yeah. I mean, it was Montezuma? the, it was the night, it was like, what, 19, 1907? Okay, so the, then the next bit of the film, Aaron will tell us about the filmmaking part of this, are just still photographs of their travels as they travel to New York City, are in New York City, are on the steamership that takes them to Bolivia. What did it remind you of? There was another film that we've done. 
And all of a sudden, there were these st- a still image montage. Was that the postman always rings twice? No, remember in I'm James Mason. You don't remember my oh, film? My Star is Born. Yeah, remember in the oh. Star is Born how all of a sudden it went to sepia still photos to tell part of the story? We'll get into why. So they're, it's, they're in New York and they're living it up and it's like the do 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 bloop bloop bing gop bloop bloop Again, ragtime music. Uh-huh, music going on and it's them in New York traveling to there taking they're all in like those old still pictures right you know, like and the, she has a different outfit on in every picture it's and ba- they are having a blast it's basically the intro to cheers well that's true mm-hmm. okay they uh, they're they're playing around in coney island then we see the steamship to south america they get on it they get off of it in bolivia it's a train station that is only a few walls and absolutely nothing else. Right. There are llamas and pigs. It's deserted. They look extremely disappointed. And, of course, Paul Newman says it could be worse. <laughs> Guys, I mean. We're in Bolivia. Hey. You don't see a white straw hat, do you? You know, look at us. We got our freedom. And Sundance is kicking everything around. And Sundance says, what, what the hell are you talking about? If I think that if everyone said the one place in the world that they wouldn't want to be, it would be this place right here where we are. And then he was, and I think he made the point about Boliv- like the place where they are in Bolivia. He was like, what if this is the best place in Bolivia to be? And everybody comes for miles and miles. Like people make, dangerous journeys to get to this place and this is all there is sundance is not having any of this it's not a good it's not a good introduction to bolivia i mean especially because what we just saw they were living that modern life they were at which point sundance steps in some kind of poo either pig or llama poo or chicken is not impressed yeah okay next scene they're at a bank they go in to rob it, and the, uh, the uh, security guard in there is speaking Spanish to him, and Butch could not have a more <laughs> confused look on his oh, face. Oh, the times I've made that look. He has no idea what they're talking about. So they just, they because, have to leave. Well, remember, remember, the whole thing about this was that Butch said that he knew Spanish. He knew some Spanish. You know, he's he's that friend who was like, no, don't worry, don't worry. I know. So he goes in. Or like that aunt who goes, I have done this. I have ridden these trains thousands of times. Yeah, I got I know this. exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. And then he starts to start speaking. He's like, he gets so flustered. <laughs> oh, God bless Paul Newman. Just the look on his face of his realization of like he's drowning. He has made a horrible mistake. And he just turns around and walks out. And Sundance leave like, Sundance. Thank you for just leaving me here. Great. Am I going to shoot my way great. out of this? Yeah. Well, that evening at dinner, Catherine Ross is tutoring them how to say, this is a robbery. <laughs> Raise your hands. Back against the wall. Give me the money. 
So they have to um, continue to, she's being the teacher and they are not good students. They are the attention deficit students who just are having a hard time learning. Well, Paul Newman writes it down. He at least has a crib sheet. Uh, That's me. I got my sheet. I got my notebook. Well, the next day they go back to rob the bank and Butch is doing okay until he forgets. So he has to pull out his his cheat sheet and um, they're running out. They they actually get to rob the bank. They're running out. The law is after him. There's another chase. And the three of them, because Etta is now part she of is. this. I ride or the, die. The three of them are in a tree shooting at the, the Bolivian law. Mm-hmm. And they drive them back. And, you know, three of them are shooting. The, the law goes, forget this. I ain't dying over this. Okay. Next scene. Etta and Kit, Etta and, and Sundance are... Pretend they're in a bank and they're pretending to have an argument, and she is holding on to her purse like I'm. I don't trust this bank. I don't. I don't want to leave my money here. And Sundance is saying, "Yes, we can. We can trust this bank." Well, the bank manager is, "Oh yeah, I'll show you how safe your money will be." So they, the bank manager, takes them all the way to the vault. And opens the vault, saying, see, see how safe your money will be? At which point they take out guns and they hold up the bank manager. And um, they lock him in the vault. And so there's another police chase. Oh, look how easy that was. They didn't have to use guns this time. Because nobody expects a woman to be part of this. Then there's another bank and another chase. There's another bank and another chase. Then there is a scene where they are eating out in a restaurant. And it's just eye candy. Ah, man. And it's got the music is Burt Bacharach, but it's instead of it being strings, it's vocal arrangements exactly and it's the three of them eating having a blast smiling the most genuine smile i mean just it's it's a rap video guys oh it's absolutely gorgeous if you're ever having a bad day first put on the scene raindrops keep falling on my head and then put on this scene because their eyes are smiling. Even their eyes are smiling. <laughs> We're getting until made they're to not. Do this. Because Butch sees <gasps> a white straw. straw hat. But 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 Butch is going, wait, 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 wait. He can't arrest us here and he can't take us back from here. There's no jurisdiction between Bolivia and the United States. So how about we don't do another job. How about we go legit? We go legit. And then he can't he can't do anything about that. And then guys, MC Hammer comes in and goes, Too legit. Too legit. Hey, hey. It really doesn't happen no. that way because that would totally blow it. But in my head, I was thinking, ah, oh, get, get, go. Too legit. Okay. So they're looking for legit work. 
not uh you know if you have a resume they're good at robbing banks <laughs> well i mean paul which is good at shooting Butch would be a no, good salesman. Sundance is good at shooting. Sundance is good at shooting. And Sundance, Butch is good at thinking. He's a good thinker. He's a people person. He'd be a great salesman. So they find this old man who speaks English. Mm-hmm. And he oh, works for the mines. He does the payroll for the mines. And he's saying, I cannot guarantee you that you'll get paid because we keep getting robbed when we're trying to bring the payroll to the people. Oh. So I'm going to hire you two. Well, he doesn't say that. No, he doesn't say he that. He just yet. says, like, I could hire you, but I got to be honest with you and upfront. Truth is, I might not be able to pay you on account of every time I go to the bank to get the money for the payroll, I get robbed. So I don't have any money. If I don't have any money, I can't pay you. And then he. He looks up at, at he looks at Sundance and he walks over. He looks at his gun and he says, "Can I see that?" And he Sundance hands him his gun and he looks at it and he's like, "Oh, this is a this is a fancy piece of machinery. Can you use it?" And I think he tosses something like a rock out the distance, and he was like, "Can you hit that rock? Just you know, just standing there, just shoot it." And Sundance kind of. Oh, he gives the gun back to Sundance, and Sundance starts doing his twirly thing and stuff and putting it in, you know, because he's, he's, that's how he is. That's how he rolls. He's, he's got to get in. Kid. He's got to get into his rhythm and stuff. And, and he goes, no, just stand there and shoot it. And so Sundance stands there, and he shoots it. And I thought it was a pretty good shot. It didn't hit the rock, but it was within a foot. It was close. Yeah. And the guy was like, he mm. yeah he was like disappointed and then Sundance because we know his who he is he was like well can I move and he's like what do you like can you move and I was like I was just standing still like, can I move he was like sure so Sundance drops to a knee and like does a roll or something and comes up and just like does this weird move and just like pew pew just, like, just shoots the gun away fantastic and the guy and he gets up and he's just just shrugs his shoulders does the michael jordan shrug and just says i'm better when i move yeah and the old man goes kid you can shoot yeah okay then he tells him what his there's job is he was like all right we two are hired you're gonna be basically my armed escort when i go to get payroll and make sure and fight off the guys when we get robbed right so they start out with the dude going down the mountain and they're arguing about where the banditos will be. They're like, they're going to be over the- that ridge. No, they're going to be down there. And, and the old man goes, dudes, they're not going to rob us going down the mountain. <laughs> we don't have any money. They're going to rob us when we go back up the mountain with the money. Yeah. Properly chastised. They both hang their heads in shame. So... They are hiding out. I mean, they are trying to keep their faces covered outside the bank because they had just hit that bank in, in June. They had ro- They were like, when do we rob this bank? I think we robbed it in June. Okay. So, so then the dude comes out of the bank. They go back up the mountain and shots are fired. And they hit the old man and he's off his burrow. He was riding a burrow. He's, and off life. 
They took him out the game. So Kid eyes the, de- the, de- the dead guy and the payroll. He tries to go toward the dead man, but shots are fired. They got him pinned down. They took that high, that high position. So finally, Kid gets to the payroll. He throws it to Butch. Butch throws the payroll away like Bandito's. Go ahead and have it. Yeah, he throws know? it to the guy like here, like take it. Leave yeah, us. I'm not going to die over this. Uh, obviously, this going straight life is not for me. The Bandidos are dividing up the money and, and they look up and they're a Butch and Sundance. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Sundance is going, tell them the money isn't isn't ours. You know, we don't want the money back for us. It doesn't belong to us. Mm-hmm. And um, then Butch is saying to Sundance, Sundance, I, I, I never, oh, I never wait, killed wait, wait, anybody wait. before. Be- so they're not buying into it. And then Sundance says, will you, can you take the right three? I'll take the left the right three. two. Oh, the right Sundance three. can do the three. Yeah. And Butch says, um, I've never shot anyone before. And Sundance says, what? Hey, right now is when you tell me that? And he's like, I haven't. And boom, 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 boom. Shots fire out. Shots fired, and I probably Sundance took all five of them. Well, but what's his? He shot. He, he shot. He did. He took his and Sundance just go just aim for the middle of their body. You're gonna hit something. Yeah, and he did that. He took them out. Well, and then he looks really remorseful because he'd never killed anybody. This is the before. first time he killed anybody. That's that's a big deal. Yeah, I've been told. Uh, well, I don't, I wouldn't know personally. Just based on Dateline and the true crime. So Sundance says to Butch, well, we've gone straight. What do we try now? Yeah, because there's the irony in this situation. Butch Cassidy, train robber, bank robber, never killed a man. First time that he kills a man is when he goes straight. Yeah. So... He's, he's basically like, man, that sucks. I went straight to be a good citizen and I ended up having to kill people. Right. Well, they're back. They meet up with Etta and she's saying, you know, there are other ways of going straight. You know, there's farming. And they both go, oh, man, you know, far, I know oh, I, I did. I worked farming. on a farm. Once. That's not. Yeah. What about a ranch? Ooh, that's really hard. I work. mean, you're just tell, tell, like, that's just work. All the time work. Like the sun goes from when the sun cracks the horizon, you're working until the sun goes down. So they're all sleeping on the ground. And Etta goes, you know what? I might go back early. Mm. And Sundance goes, whatever you want. Really? I thought you loved her. No, because remember, she said, I'll do anything. I don't want to see you die. Except I don't want to see you die. And when she says, I think I'm going to go back early, she says that because she knows what's going to happen. They don't exactly. want to go straight. There's nothing like straight that they can do. They are who they are. Exactly. She can't change them. He's not going to go legit for her. He's a like, she's a bank robber. That's what they do. That's what they're good at. And the only way that that's going to end is that they're going to end up dead. And she said she didn't want to see him die. So she's like, this story has run its course. Yeah. I'm heading back. 
And, you know, she's the educated one in the group. She sees the writing on the wall. Yeah, she knows. Well, then Sundance says, hey, Butch, Etta says she's going to go back early. And, and Butch goes, well, whatever she wants. Yeah, because they all know. And and the truth is, that's when they know, too. Yeah. It's the, the jig is pretty much up. Well, she goes. Next scene, they're robbing just poor people in the jungle. And Butch is saying, I no more of the jungle. I can't do the jungle. There's snakes in the jungle. All right. My man, Butch. Then they ride into a town with a burrow. But the burrow has the brand on it of those people from the jungle. So this young guy who's taking care of the burrow and the horse go to the police. Ah. Yeah. So uh, Butch and Sundance are eating. And they hit, then shots are fired toward them. Yeah, so they run the for table. cover. Yep. There's a shootout. They're running um, out of bullets. So Butch goes, I got to get to the burrow. That's where the rest of the ammunition is. So Sundance goes, well, I'll go get the bullets. And Butch goes, well, yeah. But that doesn't make sense because you're the best shooter. So you need to really cover me while I try to get the bullets. And so they do that, which gets to the borough. And there's still lots of police. And both of them get hit. Well, there, it isn't police. There happened to be the Bolivian army next. Not yet. Like, not yet. Not oh, yet. Oh, okay. So then they get in this little hovel. And... They start arguing again, and Butch is going, is that what you call cover? And Sundance goes, is that what you call running? If I knew you were going to go for a stroll, because they both are hit, and they're both in pretty bad shape, and they both pretty much figure this is close to the end, but they've gotten out of every other scrape ever. Mm -hmm. At which point, the whole Bolivian army shows up. Yeah, they must have been just doing a tactical exercise next door, real nearby, and some really kid close. ran and said, hey, we got those two English-speaking sons of bitches. Hold up. You guys think that you can come in and uh, offer some backup? And they're like, yeah. see. The gringo banditos. And <laughs> the, uh, the, the police are saying to the army dude in charge, yeah, there are two guys. And, and the army dude's going, two guys? You need all of us for two guys? And they're going, yeah, yeah, we really do. Yeah, trust us. These aren't just two ordinary guys. So there's a whole battalion of Bolivian army with rifles pointed at them. And they are in this hovel arguing again. Well, they, they figure Australia is going to well, be the yeah, next Yeah, Butch is like, I know I got a plan. I know where we can go next. And Sundance the most is, positive thing about it is in Australia they speak English. Yeah, they, they well they speak English, and, and Sundance is like, well, I think he asked him something about you know like the bangs or something, and and you know, but Sundance is a little bit bitchy because well, that's he's Sundance. wounded, and yeah. that's Sundance, and he's like, well, I just don't want to go there and find out that it sucks again. Because that's what happened with Bolivia. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to get off the train and find llamas and pigs. Yeah, geez. So then Butch says, well, at least think about it. At which point they run out well, of no, their no, little Well, no, no, wait, hubble. wait, wait, wait. He, he, so then they, they prop, he props, 
Butch props himself up on the wall. He used the wall to stand, get to his feet. And he was like, wait, wait. Did you see it? Did you see? And I think it was, what, Fowler? The man with the stripe, the, the straw hat? Straw hat. And he was like, no, he wasn't out there. And Butch smiled. And he was like, who good. For a second there, I thought we didn't stand a chance. Exactly. And they, they get up. They get up. They, they're all loaded up. And they run out. Freeze frame. Right. Uh, them running out, shooting. And then you just hear the armaments of the Bolivian army. And it's over. Coit. But we didn't have to see him die. Yeah, we didn't see him die. Oh, and there is some speculation that they didn't. Right. We go back to the sepia brown and it is over. It's a fun movie. I mean, it's just, I know it's bank robbers and they're breaking the law and all that, but uh, there's a lot of humor in it and it just two really likable it's two of the biggest Hollywood stars of all time. If you like movies and movie stars, Paul Newman and Robert Redford, they're in the top echelon of movie stars. You can't find a bigger movie star. They're up there with Clark, the Clark Gables, the Humphrey Bogarts. It's Paul Newman and Robert Redford. You put them up there. They're at the top of their game. This is 1969. This is at the peak of their powers. And Robert Redford was a little bit younger. But still, people knew. And this is Paul Newman in his... Like, Paul Newman is Paul Newman in this movie. It's kind of like... I was thinking of the Ocean's Eleven remake. Like, the first one. How you had George Clooney and Brad Pitt in it. Right, And when you're going, the audience seeing it, they're like, that's George Clooney and that's Brad Pitt. Right. We having a good time have, together. Just having a good time together. And as much as like I like, like, oh yeah, George, like George Clooney and Brad Pitt are nothing compared to Paul Newman and Robert Redford. It's true. It's true. It's, I don't know how, why. I mean, George, George Clooney has got the charm and he's got the charisma and stuff, but George Clooney hasn't done Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. He hadn't done the the equivalent of The Hustler. He's right. a good actor, but he hasn't he hasn't done that. Right. Right. It's as close as we have right now. It is. And but, I'll take it. But it it just falls a little short. But it that's why we're saying like if you like Hollywood movies and you like the mythology and the stars and stuff then you have to you have to see this movie. Why have you not? Why am I yelling at you? It, Paul Newman did say it's the most fun he ever had. I mean, yeah. So trivia. I have so much. Well, I, I have a little. Okay. So um, Butch Cassidy was, his nickname was Butch because he used to work at a butcher shop. Mm-hmm. For real, in real life. And Sundance was named Sundance Kid because he was arrested in Sundance, Wyoming for killing someone. Okay, the sister of the real Butch Cassidy visited the set while they were making this movie. And she said she couldn't believe how much Paul Newman really 
um, enveloped her brother. Because the real life Butch, he was that guy that everyone just liked him. Yeah. Well, they had tapped Steve McQueen to be the first Sundance kid. But I guess he had other commitments or something. Let me just let me let me tap in real quick. William Goldman, when he wrote it, it was originally the Sundance Kid and Butch Cassidy. Right. And Paul Newman and and Steve McQueen read it at the same time. And Steve McQueen was going to be the Sundance Kid. And then um, Steve McQueen, he bowed out of it. And so it just left Paul Newman. And since Paul Newman was the bigger star, that's why it became Butch Cassidy. And the Sundance Kid, and it flows so much better that way. It anyway. does the Cassidy Kid and Butch Cat, Butch. Yeah, bleh. the the Bolivian films were fil- The Bolivian part was filmed in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Now everybody else from the entire um, movie got Montezuma's revenge. Really, except for Paul, Bobby. And Catherine, because they only drank soda or alcohol for the entire time. They didn't drink the water. Everybody else got really sick oh. and they didn't. And Paul Newman said he drank, he and Bobby drank a lot of beer on this set. Is that it for your trivia? That's it for my trivia. Because I went on Amazon Prime because I like to see, they have like a trivia section. So I was typing whatever movie we're doing. And up popped the making of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Uh-oh. It's on Amazon Prime. It's 41 minutes long. And I just laughed and said, well, somebody did my job for me. Oh, I'm going to have to look at it. It is It is done and it is narrated by George Roy Hill. Paul Newman also narrates it. And it basically give, gave me everything that I'm about to say now. Okay, share. Okay. So, even the Pinkerton men, they liked Butch. And they always wanted Paul Newman. Well, But at the beginning, everyone wanted Paul Newman to play the Sundance Kid. And it was only William Goldman, like the Zanuck guy, he wanted him to play it. And William Goldman was like, no. Like, Paul Newman is... He is Butch Cassidy. He is. And he embodies him. Paul yeah. Newman admitted that, um, because he said like sometimes like the, like how characters were, and he was like, well, Butch Cassidy was really loose, and he even said I put a lot of myself in to Butch and how loose he was. Like he was like probably out of all the roles that he had done up to that point, he was like I was the most that was the most just loose and like Butch. And then Sundance was the complete opposite. And Paul Newman and Robert Redford didn't know each other before they started working on the film. And then and they just got this great camaraderie ship. Like it they were like Butch and Sundance just because Robert Redford had to laugh at all of Paul Newman's bad jokes and he would and Paul Newman had to put up with Robert Redford like always being at least 10 to 15 minutes late. <laughs> And they started shooting September 16th, 1968. The first day of shooting was the train scene. Like the train heist. That was the first day of shooting. And it was because of the elevation of where they shot on location. Because 
they went to the place and it had an old time train and when the train ran but they had to shoot it first because if they waited it was going to get snow um like Edda's house they built that because uh, they went to this town it was like an old mormon place and they built it so that they that paul newman could ride his bike around it Oh, um, there's three musical, the three musical montage sequences, and they had planned that and they specifically planned that because all of those three montages were designed to um, really further and get across like what Edda's relationship was to the boys. Oh, okay. because think about it. If you don't have those three montages, then yeah you don't it's kind of then who is this woman and what does she do yeah and how is it not a um both men want her or she's a vixen and she's coming between them yoko ono ish yeah yeah so you had to know that she was a really good friend with butch Mm -hmm. but but she loved sundance so they william goldman knew he was like all right we're gonna have these three musical montages um the bull in that scene, the the first, like, the bicycle montage, how uh-huh. they got the bull to charge, this is problematic. Um, Uh-oh. The bull's name was, was Bill, and it was flown in from Hollywood. And they would squirt something on its balls. And that oh. made it charge. Oh. And I guess Bill was a good Hollywood bull because they said that like they would squirt on his bulls and he would charge in whatever direction they wanted and then he would like calm down and stuff. And I was just like, Aww, that's really sad. Man. Yeah. Um, the, the, like the way that everything looks, George Roy Hill, he wanted a very washed out look. So Conrad Hall, he did that by overexposing by two or three stops on the film. Mm-hmm. And they also used a lot of backlighting so that the you would see a lot of dust and particles and stuff in it. That's why it looks so old-timey. Mm-hmm. Um, the train scene, when the horses jump out of it, that is... In order to achieve that effect, they built a ramp going up on the other side. Because the horses literally jump out and there's no way that the horses could get such a gallop without running up. So they built a ramp up and they had the door open so that the horses would run out. And it was just the way that they shot it so that you wouldn't know that the other um, door was open. Right. Um, Yeah, Butch Cassidy, he spent his whole life trying to avoid confrontation. So... Just like me. Yeah, so he, he would always, like, try to get out of stuff and run away. And, He's in humor. Uh-huh, because that's why, because William Goldman was always like, well, as soon as, like, why is it that when they start, it's like six guys and they're running after him and you're used to movies, it's like, why wouldn't they just shoot him? But... He yeah. was always he he was not violent and he always wanted to avoid confrontation. That's like with Woodcock, he was like, "Come on, get out, Woodcock! I don't yeah. want to blow you up." Likeable, likeable mm-hmm. guy. Um, that famous jump from the over the cliff. cliff. So they built. They saw where they were going to do it, but they couldn't actually film the whole thing there because the water was too shallow. 
So uh-huh. they built a ledge underneath it, and that's what, like, Paul Newman and Robert Redford, they jump over, and they just jump onto, like, this ledge that has pillows and stuff. And then uh-huh. back in Hollywood at the 20th Century Fox lot, they're the head of special effects there. They went and they built the thing, and then he had, um, on glass, it painted, like, the cliffs, and so then they were like on a rig and the two stuntmen jumped off and he shot it through the the glass that was painted with the cliffs. And when they shot it, the raw footage is actually them jumping from the left to the right. And so then when they flipped it, though, they reversed it and then it goes over and that's how it looks so seamless. I did notice when Paul Newman was on the bicycle going backwards over the sp- split rail fence that I did see that it was a stunt person. Yeah. Well, they they, they had to. Um, Can you imagine being a stunt person for either of them? I know. Well, we'll get so to that. so insignificant. We'll get to that. So the, the middle montage, though, when they were in New York, and it's all the old-timey photos that I said was like the Cheers introduction. Mm-hmm. They shot that on the Fox lot. Fox had built this old-timey, big, epic um, New York replication of Street. And they they built it for Hello, Dolly. And Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, the movie, they shot there. So they shot. It was supposed to be all in live action. But what ended up happening was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid had an earlier release date than Hello, Dolly. And the studio didn't want to spoil the surprise of what their New York street looked like. So they said that they couldn't use the footage. So they, um, they just ended up shooting still photos of it because it had the, the release date was going to be before. So they didn't want any of the hello dolly stuff seen ahead of time yeah it was it was kind of like oh we're we're building we have this like hello dolly was going to be their huge big movie and they didn't know what butch and sundance was going to be and so they're like oh we're we're rebuilding this whole new york old timey early 1900s new york's you know thing it's going to be great and it's going to be featured in hello dolly and they didn't want it to everybody to just go see Butch Cassidy and be like, oh, that's what the street looks like. Well, that's cool. They didn't want to spoil the surprise of that. Mm. So they said, you can come here, but you have to only do still photography. So they just went there and they did a whole bunch of still photography and then they would cut them out and put them in the uh, old timey photos. And they would because do- those were some real... Um- real period photos that they put them in. And it was crazy what they had to do to do that. Cause now you would just go into Photoshop. You would just Photoshop it out, add it in, do some blurs. And, and then in final cut pro you would, you know, zoom in and zoom out. And there they had to like with all the zooms and all that stuff, they had to set that up on an animation board and do it one frame at a time. Wow. Yeah, I was like, that's crazy because literally I can just click on Ken Burns style and it does that for me. Wow. Um. So the Bolivian bank robbing montage. 
Yes. That was the third one that they did. So the whole film has less than 12 minutes of music because George Roy Hill, he didn't like to score dialogue sequences. Um, yeah, and, and then we already mentioned like in Going Straight that Butch had to kill. And, oh, the the like the scene, the shootout scene, you know how when they shoot the mule and he falls? Mm-hmm. Well, this is highly problematic. Oh, no. They, because they shot it in Mexico, so they did a technique called the Flying W, which is illegal to do in the United States. Mm. And it was illegal to do, like, at the time that they filmed it. But they were like, hey, wow. we're in Mexico. So the Flying W... Um, Basically, what they do is they attach two, like, ropes things to the le- the front legs of the mule. Yeah. And then, you know, at the time, they basically take the, like, take the front legs out, and that's why it falls forward. And it's illegal because the animal has a good chance to break their neck. <gasps> Luckily, this one didn't. Oh, wow. But, yeah, I was just like, oh, that's something that, like, yeah, you can't do anymore. I'm like, like, oh, yeah, that was 1969. Crazy. Yeah. The stuntman for Robert Redford, he played, you'll see in it, there's a guy that's on the, the top, a top level, and he, when I say guy, I think he was a policeman, and he gets shot, and he was the Robert Redford stuntman, and he gets shot and he kind of takes his time and then he falls. He ended up breaking his pelvis in the fall. Yikes. Because he just fell. He's on that thing and all they had was cardboard boxes, but the cardboard boxes weren't enough to cushion his blow. Oh, wow. Like, stuntmen in the olden days were nuts because they didn't, yeah. there wasn't science of like, how much do you weigh? How hot, how up high yeah. are we? How much of a force is that going to be? What it is was the just cushion how crazy are be? you? It was just like, oh, we'll just put some boxes there. That's your oh like, cushion your blow. So yeah, he he ended up fracturing his pelvis. Wow. Um, yeah, Butch Cassidy's sister, she was still alive. Like you said, she went to visit. She said that Butch actually was alive. And yeah, there was there because they they could never find the grave where they were supposedly buried. And they said, yeah, maybe they actually did make it out. That's what, and she always claimed it. She always claimed that he came back to Utah and like everyone around Utah basically knew that. Yeah. Like, yeah, Butch Cass, like he came back. Um, what about Sunday? I don't know. Okay. Sam Elliott. Who you know from the Big Lebowski and every other modern Western. He was in Frankie and Grace. Yes, he was in the opening card playing scene. And I didn't see him. He was he married Catherine Ross later in 1978. Mm -hmm. But Catherine Ross did find romance on this set. She fell in love and married Conrad Hall. The cinematographer. Oh. They were married from 1969 to 1975. 
I think is that why she looks so good in every in every. Yeah, that's why it's like oh, close up on her pouty lips and like why yeah. she's lit just so perfectly. It was like yeah, this guy was falling in love shooting this yeah. film. Those um, big doughy eyes. Conrad Hall, he won an Oscar for Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Well done. He also won it for American Beauty, and he also won it for Road to Perdition. Oh, another Paul Newman movie. Mm-hmm. He is one of the 10 most influential cinematographers by, and this, is, this isn't like by like some schmucks, it's by the International Cinematographer Guild. Oh, wow. Like he's in the top 10 by his peers. So you know he's wow. bona fide. Right? It, mm-hmm. was, it was nominated for Best Director, Best Picture, and Best Sound. And it won for Best Cinematography, Best Score, Best Song, Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head, and Best Original Screenplay. And I think that's all of my information. Well, if you want a good time, a couple hours of just a good time, other than the fact that they supposedly die at the end, it's... It's a good movie. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly die at the end. Mm-hmm. Great fun. So next week, keeping with our September Paul Duman. Next week, guys. I'm going to pull back the curtain a bit. Uh-oh. Well, you all into my life. Oh, this is scary. Lately, when I get home from work... And I'm going to do my afternoon workout. What to watch? What is what is going to make this workout go by faster? Lately, I've been on that original OG Law and Order train. Oh, she does love her some Law and I, Order. I, lo- I don't have any, I don't cast any aspersions upon Special Victims Unit. But I do love me the original OG Law and Order. The the police who investigate crimes and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. These are their stories. Boom, boom. Man, I love it. Because I love, I love me some Sam Waterston. Mm-hmm. District Attorney McCoy. I don't know his first name, so in my head I use just Sam McCoy. Because <laughs> I just mash him. People, people will, will speak of Gregory Peck. And Atticus Finch as that uh-huh. lawyer who is just for the people and of the people. But guess what? I found out a few years ago, Atticus Finch is a racist. So he gets kicked to the curb. And he was never, when I think of a true American lawyer, like we're on the side of justice. It's McCoy, I think of. Anyway. Okay. So. I've just been watching a lot of Law and Order of late. How are we going to jump from Law and Order to Paul Newman? Because we're going to do 1982, Paul Newman, The Verdict. Oh, my goodness. I want to get my courtroom drama on. Okay. I remember... Was that 19? No, it wasn't 1982. But it was, I had read the verdict. And when you needed your surgery on your leg, you know, where you were in your knife fight and you had to get your 
League Taking Care of. Mm-hmm. I, I remember them coming in and saying, the anesthesiologist needs to talk to you. And I said, I read the verdict. I know all about this. Oh, no. I don't know anything about the verdict. I just know it's a courtroom thriller with Paul Newman. And I would, they had me. Okay. Okay. Sounds good, because that's a that's a later one for him. And it is it's elder statesman Paul Newman. This Excellent. is this it marks the I, I believe I believe the verdict marks a transition in Paul Newman's career. From Well, I think it's that that getting older. It's that it's where it's the next phase of Tom Cruise's career that he From hasn't done yet. Heartthrob to well, um, I mean, you're yeah, you're not a heartthrob anymore. You're like you're older, right? I, I mean, in Hollywood terms, you're old. Yeah, I mean, it used to be for women when you turned forty, but now, now like their career, they're starting to age. But it for women, it's th- you're getting to the point where you're not going to be seen again. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're getting to the part where where Helen Mirren's taking all your roles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I saw it in I saw it in the eighties, so I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I've never seen it. But I do love me a courtroom drama. Yep. Yes, you do. Okay, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. In this month of appreciating Paul Newman. Okay, listeners, next week, the verdict. Bye bye. <laughs>